we're in a new series, as Pastor kicked off last week, last week called The Renewed Mind. And we're going to look a little bit about those today. And we're going to go in this passage. We're going to be in Romans 8, chapter 1. How many of you are glad we're coming to the end of February, getting into March? You know, I, that, that we've got two months down and 10 months to go, and it seems like uh, time is just flying by at times, you know? But it, there's a couple things that I just wanted to mention to you. Today is we're, we're, we're registering for our life groups, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't joined a life group, join them. It, it's not about the book. It's not about what that group is doing. It is about connecting and doing life together. And I want to encourage you to step out in the faith. If you've never been part of one, we've got some great groups out there. Um, they meet all throughout the week at different times. But it's just a good way to kind of encourage you and to, to we, can, uh, we can kind of connect with you on a, on a weekly basis and pray over your needs. And also, Pastor wanted me to mention that immediately after service, for those that are interested in kids' ministry uh, or even interested in praying for kids' ministry, he's going to meet, wants to meet with everyone here just for about five, ten minutes and be able to share his vision over that. Amen? Well, as I said, turn over to, to Romans chapter 8. We're going to talk a little bit today about the contrast between living in the flesh and living in the spirit. And as I said, we're, we're in that new series, The Renewed Mind. Pastor laid that out yesterday. And I think this is a battle that so many Christians fight themselves. How many of you know that you can still be saved and you still have fleshly desires if we're, if we're not careful? And the, the reason for the purpose of the renewed mind is that God commands us that we, when we come to him, he sets us free. But some of us want to continue in our old ways and our old lifestyle. And that what it does is it causes conflict in our walk with Jesus. And it's the, and it's the issues of the mind, it's issues of the heart, but the issues of the mind are where we go back into our comfort zone, what we feel comfortable with. The battles that we face that, that kind of pull us away. And so I want to just read this a little bit and, and so you can understand. So we're going to start off with verse 1. It says, Therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Understand what he's saying there. Because of what Jesus did, and, and he came, that the works that Jesus did set us free from the life of sin. So those are issues that we struggle with still then those are things that we have to give over to Christ because they're, they're already taken care of. And so many of us pray, Lord, take this away, take this away. And he's saying, I want to, I want to, but you're not giving them to me. And our mind, the reason we need a renewed mind is because our mind is a big part of that battle. And because we, our old nature goes into our comfort zone when we, when we get into those stressful moments. He goes on in verse 3, it says, what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his only son, his own son. In the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering, Christ was a sin offering for each one of us. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that righteousness requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to 
to the Spirit. Verse 5, it says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the fleshly desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. See, when we come into Christ, we're new creatures in Christ. The Bible says that all things are passed away, and we become new creatures in Christ. That's why it's important to allow our minds to be renewed in, in the Spirit. That's why it's important for us to, to, to get into the Word. That's why they call this the book of life. Why? It's because as we read it, it puts life into our mind. Where death was unsin, and our way our minds thought, they were sinful. But as we come to Christ, we've got to replace those things that way our thinking was and, re- and allow that to be renewed. So when things come against us, we can stop and say, devil, you're a liar. See, too many of us listen to the devil. The Bible says we resist him. He has to flee. We give him credence on issues then he's going to stay around and keep annoying you. And the thing is, is that we have to do our part. Verse 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. Listen to this. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. We we struggle with peace. And I'm not talking about circumstances around us sometimes. But if if we don't have peace in our spirit, that's our first question. That's one we need to go before the Lord. Verse 7, it says, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. And so this is not a, an Old Testament type of message. This is a New Testament. That, and, I, and I'm here to kind of declare over you today that God has set you free from your past. See, too many of us want to sit and look at our past, and we kind of glorify it at times. You know, there were some stupid things I did as a teenager that, you know, other people kind of remind myself of, but they're not who I am today. Amen. But we keep giving ourselves credence of those issues, and we keep bringing them up over and over again. So where do you see yourself in relation to God? Where is your relationship with God today? It is on fire or is it somewhere in the midst of the doldrums? You just, you're going through the motions and you're, you're not allowing maybe the God to speak to you because of the, maybe some of the things in your past. And when your past is still an issue, then your future is going to be uncertain because we, those things he came to allow us to deal with. Do you go around feeling slightly guilty on things? Is going back in or certain memories bring up make you feel guilty? This is from the Message Bible in that verse one, chapter one, or verse one, excuse me. It says, do you live under continuous low-lying black clouds? Now, there's some that Christians that do. Maybe their past was so overwhelming. And it was so tough for them to walk through that they, they, they have a hard time forgetting and letting go. This is not how Christians are meant to live. We're a child of God, deeply loved, accepted, and empowered by his unconditional love for each one of us. He wants you to enjoy freedom from guilt and condemnation and to experience an intimacy and relationship with him 
even closer than that of a parent to a child. The moment you receive Jesus and the past is dealt with, we don't have to keep going back. We don't have to keep bringing it up. The barrier between you and God has been removed, Paul writes. That's why he said there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're set, you're set free from the law of sin and death. Although the law was good, it was powerless to save us because of our sinful nature. So God sent Jesus as a sin offering. And Jesus took away our sins. No longer are we led and left in that sinful nature. The Holy Spirit leads you to stop letting your mind on those things that are sinful desires, but rather he wants your mind on the spiritual desires. And I think that's the conflict that we have going on as believers in, this, in our life. That we, we still have our foot in the world, but yet in our mind thinks with those, with those, um, those old desires and those old natural desires. And God wants us to come in and begin to realize he's replacing them with the spiritual desire that he's given each one of us. And he tells us in that passage that when we live by the Spirit, we walk by the Spirit, that's where life and peace come from. So if we're struggling with peace, then maybe our relationship is not where we, we need it to be. Paul's not telling us to be perfect. There's none of us in this room that are perfect. He's not asking us to be perfect. What he's asking us to do is to trust God when he forgives us to allow us to move on. The word tells us that flesh is death, but the spirit is that life and peace. That's the conflict that we have to, to face. My message today is called about two ways of life we have to choose from. Are we going to live according to the flesh? Or are we going to live according to the spirit? And I think this is all comes from, from what I've read in, in Genesis, in the second story of Genesis. The first story, that being the creation. But the second story was that was between Adam and Eve. And listen to this in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. And we're going to read to 2.9. And I want you to grasp hold of this battle that we have. It says, now that the Lord God has planted a garden in, in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Verse, two, verse 9 says, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasing to his eye and good for food. But in the middle of the garden where the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he told us, if you remember the story of Adam and Eve, he tells them that they cannot eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the enemy came in, and what did he do? He distorted the word that God had given them over what to do. See, that's what, that's what the enemy is going to do with each one of us. He's going to distort it with your promises that God's called you to. He's going to distort it with the ministry that God wants you to have and the mantle he wants you to pick up. He is going to lie to you. And the reason we believe him is because we still have those fleshly desires that we, that we battle with. And it's easier to believe that than it is to believe that God has made me whole and new. 
And I'll tell you that transformation in the mind, the renewing of the mind, it, 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 it can happen like this, but sometimes it's a process. And it's not something that, 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 that will all of a sudden, you're going to say, wow, that today what I did bad, tomorrow, God's changed me. I think that can happen, but I think most of us, we have to work at it. We have to hide his word into our hearts and our minds. We have to read the, life, the book of life. I want to encourage you, if those of you that don't have a, if you're using an electronic Bible, I use one too, but using the Bible in this form, to me, it's different. And why is it different? Because I can sit there and I can underline these passages. I can go back as I'm going through. And it might not mean anything right now. 15, 20 years down the road, you're going to see the battle plan that God has laid for you. There's passages each and every day that God speaks to me. And I go through and I write it down. There's not, there's, this is a new Bible and it's got a bunch of notes already in it. But I look at my mom's and hers is the same size but her Bible's like about that big. And it's the battle plan from, you know, 80 plus years of serving and seeking after the Lord. Notes that she's placed in why is to remind her of who God is in her life and the importance of that. But he goes on, I think that this battle, so many of us want to take of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because understand one thing, too many Christians want to live in with that tree instead of the tree of life. Now, it talks about the fact that the knowledge of good and evil, it's the issue of the knowledge, it's the worldly knowledge that we have is what causes us our, our battle. It's why we want to stick to the fleshly desires. You know, so many people talk about we, they, they need wisdom from God. God's wisdom from the world's wisdom is very different. You know, in the, in the world, they tell you to hold on to their money, but God tells us, to give and it shall be given back to you, pressed down and shaken together, running over. Amen. Why? Because he wants that to be a byproduct of your heart and your mind that you seed into other life. I'll take care of your needs. In the world, what I earn is mine. You know, I take it home. I spend what I'm going to use. But in God's world, in the spirit world, I'm a caretaker of the funds that God has blessed me with through my job. And I, I have to show him honor how I carry that out. And the same thing goes with our thoughts and the way we think and the way we conduct ourselves. The choice is not between good and evil. The choices in these trees is, is a difference of what we want to see out of our life. See, the, the tree of life is just what it says there. It is a tree of life. It is a pattern. You know, we, we can blame Eve all we want for for enticing Adam and taking the word, you know, listening to the, to the, to the uh, devil. But you know what? Every one of us have bitten into that same thing. Every one of us have, have made those choices on our own and what we're going to do. And it's time we, we learn to renew our mind, to think differently, to be able to speak differently. Do not be conformed. This is the, this is the theme verse for... We do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That transformation, that transformation takes place only in the tree of life. The tree of knowledge of good and evil 
is about knowledge. It's about worldly desires. It's about those things of the world, the knowledge base. I get more knowledge and book knowledge that makes me smarter and makes me better prepared to handle things. But God's saying the tree of life, it is that transformation that takes place in our heart and our mind. It's that same transformation that took place in Abraham. That same transformation to take care of in, 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 in Adam and Eve. It's the same transformation that took place in Paul. So Paul was out persecuting the church, and he had that, that Damascus Road experience. It was that transformation process that allowed him to write majority of the New Testament, that began to, to have massive revivals around the world. Even though he was in prison, he didn't let it bother him and hinder him in the work he do. That's the transformation of the heart and the mind. I was watching a video yesterday of those in Ukraine, and it was the Christian church. Here they are, war. They're surrounded by another country that's trying to take them over. And here's the church, the gathering together and wherever they can hide out, and they're praising God. They're worshiping God. They're not worried about what the other country's trying to do. What they're worried about, and they're praising God so that way he understands and that he knows what their heart is. They're not facing the fear. They're facing the Lord. And too many of us want to face the fear. So this issue of the conforming to the pattern of this world is, is the struggle that we have. It is through that struggle that we have to make choices each and every day. That's really the battle we have. That those choices that we make, that, that we come upon, really disrupt our walk. Romans 8, 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on spiritual desires. There's, there's a big difference there. Where, you know, I've kind of asked this question to myself over these, these last few months for some reason. God, is, is, he's just taking me through some things. And, but when tragedy happens, when bad things begin to happen, where does your mind go to? Does it go to the things of God or does it go to the things surrounding you? Like right now, we're, we're, we're dealing with COVID. We're dealing with wars and rumors of wars. We're dealing with all the you know, loss of freedom and stuff like that. When we go through situations, does our mind go to that? Or do we go to, God, what are you up to? Because the, the worldly and fleshly desires are as they look at the situations and they cow to them. The spiritual desires and those things of God, when we look at those situations, we raise our hands to him because we know that he will lead us through that. And I'm, what I'm trying to say is that, I, that God is really leading me through. I don't know if it's preparation for something in the future, but he keeps asking me, is where does your mind go? To strengthen my heart, strengthen my mind, battle plan is in the word. That's why it, it helps each and every day we make those choices. What are we going to do? When we get up in the morning to the time we go to bed, what does your choices look like? On days I have, that I oversleep, which can be a lot, <laughs> but I get up and, and, and I'll put off my devotional. And I find that when I don't hide the word of God in my heart for that day, what it does is it opens me up to the attacks of the enemy. 
when he throws it at me. I don't get a chance to spend time in the word. And what I do know is that it affects my choices and how I carry those out. And those choices are important for each one of us. It's through those choices that we decide which road we're going to travel, which, which road we're going to walk through. And you know what happens when we make bad choices? There are consequences to those choices. You know, I, I can look back in, in my life and say, okay, Lord, I, I w- wish I didn't do that. You know, and I can be ashamed of what I did. But what I found with the Lord is that he's used that in my life to make me the man that he wants me to be. Now, I'm not saying he wanted me to sin and do that stupid stuff, but he's taken what I did and used it for, my glo- for his glory. He's used it to make me the man of God he wants us to be. And what I'm trying to say is for those things that bring you shame in your past or maybe the consequences that you feel like you still live under those consequences, that's a lie of the enemy. Because he said that when we accept Jesus into our heart and our life, the old is severed. It's no longer there for us to worry about. We don't have to battle on that. We don't have to live under condemnation. We don't have to live allowing the enemy to come up and drop those seeds in constantly. That's, that's, that's tiring on our mind. Am I right? You ever had that where you just, you're battling something? Your mind weighs heavy. We know what God tells us in his word, and he answers most of our decisions. It's us making those choices and walking out those consequences that we really battle with, and it weighs us down. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. I keep going back to that because that's two distinctions between the battle of the flesh and the battle of the spirit. The spirit will lead us to death. We saw that with Adam and Eve. What, what did they first do when, when they, when they, when they you know, ate and, and then they, they bit into whatever that, the fruit was and it said their eyes were open and they immediately hid. Why did they hide? They, they were ashamed. And they, they covered themselves because they were ashamed of their nakedness. You know, as kids, we laugh about that, but in reality, how many of us battle shame? We battle shame for the things that, that are long gone or maybe the decisions and the choices we made and we wish we could have gone this way, but we didn't, so we're, we're stuck with them. But God wants us to understand we're not stuck with them. He uses it for his glory. And then we can walk that glory out. Life, that choice there, is, 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 it's, it's simple sometimes, but yet it's convoluted because of where we allow our minds to go. Thinking on the things of, this, of the flesh, you know, it's, it's like when you get home and you're not feeling good and you want comfort food. Why do we want comfort food? Because it makes us feel good. The things of the flesh are things we gravitate towards because they make us at that moment feel comfortable. And it's contrary to the things of the Spirit because the things of the Spirit are penetrating our hearts and our minds. 
And the things of the Spirit are, are, are transforming our hearts and our minds. So when we go through it, we, we come under conviction. And it's God telling us, no, 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 this is not where I want you to go. And we fight it and we go off and make the wrong decision. And then we're left with those choices and those consequences. And God's saying, come on back. I forgive you, but let's learn from this. You know, my dad told me as a child that stupidity was making the same mistake over and over and over again and, and think I'm going to make different decisions. But I have to, that, that an individual that is smart is one that takes those mistakes, learns from them, and begins to develop a new path. And begins to, to honor his, his walk and be able to walk that out. So the things of the Spirit is life and peace. I mean, there's, there, that's kind of a scale that's not tipped in any direction other than the fact, do I want death or do I want life and peace? That's, that's kind of simple, isn't it? If I, if I do this, it's going to lead to death. If I'm going to do this, it's going to lead to life and peace. Yet, yet we search so much for the issues of peace in our life, and they, they don't come to us so quickly. Because we, we still allow our minds to be the, the battle. So we're held to our choices and our consequences. And you know what that does? Is it positions, uh, puts ourselves in a position where we make the wrong choice. Which leads to, in verse, in verse 7, it says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it. So when we make those decisions, that what we're doing and we're living by the flesh, it's hostile to God. But yet, as soon as something happens and tragedy comes on, our first nature is to go to God. He's going to take care of it. And God will. But there are consequences. And the consequences put ourselves in wrong positions at times. And how we think and how we walk things out. It's those positions that we're looking to kind of change. That's why it's important to, as this series says, the renewed mind. Because I think God is done with the fact of us constantly battling here. He wants us to move on. I think he's got greater things in store for us. Amen. You know, you, you look at Paul's life, as I said, he had that Damascus Road experience. He could have still wavered between the law and living in, with Christ. Yet we see in his life, there, there's a, a separation of years that the scripture doesn't talk about. Where, and I think it was that time that he was allowing his mind to be renewed. And God was just pouring into him and pouring into him and pouring into him. Because there's no way that you could write majority of the New Testament from a heart that's still filled and living under the law. But he's, the person that wrote the majority of the New Testament is someone that's living under the Spirit because in the Spirit there's life. And that's the reason why he's in jail and he's in prison and yet he's, he's handcuffed and he can tell us the things that he's done and why he's praying for us. And he tells us to count it all joy because there's life coming out of him. It's why the things of the flesh lead to death and they're hostile to God. So if we don't allow our minds to be renewed, we're going to be in a hostile relationship with God. That's what the word tells us. 
Not me. That's what the word. You ever been in a hostile relationship with someone? You don't want to be around them. You don't want to talk to them. You don't want to see them. And what you do is you kind of just do everything you can to ignore being with them. God's saying he doesn't want that. He wants to be with you. He wants that relationship with you so you're not in that hostile point. He says the flesh does not submit to God's law. When we submit, we surrender ourselves. Now, this is the battle that I think we fight. And I think Pastor is going to deal with this down the road in this series. But this is the battle that we fight because we don't want to submit ourselves to God and to God's will. The Bible is very clear on this, that that's what the flesh is going to keep us from doing. So what are the results of making wrong choices? Romans 8, 8 says, those are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So we make those choices. It puts that barrier up between us and God. It's that barrier that, that keeps us from having that fellowship with him. And God wants us, he sent his son so that way we could have life. And he made it an intermediary. The law was so hard to live by that no one could go through it and they were failing. And he realized that and he sent his son. So his son lived here for those, for those 33 years and walked around. I know he was the son of God, but he was fully human. Which means he, 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 his body was wear, would wear out if they worked long and hard. He, you know, I'm sure that he felt the emotions that we feel. Yeah, but he, the word tells us that even though he had those and he felt those, he was still honored God. And his choices, when the enemy took him up after his baptism and, and, and went to, to um, kind of, when the enemy went to kind of before him to confront him and tell him, I'll give you all of this if you just bow before me. And Jesus quoted what? Do you remember? Jesus quoted scripture. In every situation that, that he was trying to tempt God, he quoted scripture back. Why? It's because life destroys the things of death. When we speak life over situations, when we speak this word of, it will destroy any of the works of the enemy. It'll take those results of our, con of our consequences and the position we put ourselves in and those choices we made, and it'll turn them around. And God wants us to have the great turnaround story. That's why he wants us to, to come to him. Listen to what Hebrews says here. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. I want to stop right there. It says we say, the writer of Hebrews said, we say with confidence. You ever met someone that, that wants to pray over you and they, they're like Eeyore? You know, they come to you with their, their, their minds cast down. They're, they're, they're kind of overwhelmed in that moment. And, and, but yet, are they, are they praying with confidence? And I'm not trying to pick on those, but I'm trying to understand. When we go before him and we, when we live our life, we need to understand. We say and we speak and we live with confidence, knowing that no matter what we're gone through, God is leading us through. And it says here, I will not be afraid. That means the circumstances that the enemy keeps trying to tease you about and, and come against you about, those circumstances, 
He wants you to be afraid because when you're afraid, your eyes are not on the things of God. And when you're afraid, you're, you're working with those, those fleshly desires. But if you have nothing, if you have Paul, they, they, you know, every time they would go to Paul, and they were, he was constantly in a, in a state of where they were going to kill him. They were going to hang him or they were going to do something and torture. And his mindset was, okay, I'm bringing on. Not in a, in a disrespectful way, but he understood in the final end of everything, he is a believer in Christ. So you take my life, the Bible says, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Father, I win. He said, you, you beat me and hurt me, Jesus is right there to stand with me. And so many of us are afraid of the circumstances instead of looking at who Christ is in our life. And I think that is because we battle with that flesh and that spirit desires. God wants us to have that confidence in him. I can have the worship team come back up. I want to look at the story of Enoch real quick in Genesis 5. Genesis 5, 21 says, When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. If you, are, if you have read passages in Scripture, Methuselah was one of the, lived to be the oldest person I think 960-something years. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked, listen to that, faithfully. How did he walk? Faithfully. How did he walk? Faithfully. We can say it a little louder. How did he walk? Faithfully. That's why he didn't waver. He walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then the word says, then he was no more. That God, God took him away. He walked faithfully. There's choices that we make. And sometimes I know the battle rages upon us. If I make this choice today, oh, it's just one thing. God, you'll forgive me. But what it does is those choices become patterns. They become part of our characters, Pastor read last week. And if we're not careful, that character becomes our destiny and how we walk out our life. But the other part is true. When we live faithfully, when we live faithfully and we honor his word and we honor what he's told us he'll do, then that becomes our character. And that character becomes our destiny. Those are the things that God wants in our life. So the passage, our theme passage, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Pastor asked last week, why renewed? Why renewed? Because I think it takes us, we, we look upon God with a different view and a different eyes and a different spirit. Why is that important? Because I think it's the way we view things. I want you to look at John chapter 14, 15. People look at this passage in a couple different ways. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. John is telling us that way. So if your view of God is that he's, he's absent, he's not there with me, you look at that passage and you say, if you love me, 
keep my commandments. But if you live that faithful life and you're walking it out, the answer is differently. That comma there says, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, the issue is so many of us battle with the things that God wants us to do. And it's work to us. Why? It's because we're leaving that old fleshly desire and we're leaving it behind. And we're picking up the desires of the Spirit. But that passage says, if we love Jesus, I mean love Him, we've allowed Him to come into our life. We share what Jesus has done in our life with those around us. So it's not just a thing we do on Sundays or some, you know, once a week or so, but our lifestyle is, is a byproduct of our love for Jesus. So when we love him and we truly love him, keep my commandments. It's not a, an authoritarian yelling at us. It's Christ telling us, if you truly love me, then you'll want to keep my commandments. If you truly live life in the Spirit, you'll want to keep my commandments. And I think that's what we see with Paul in his life. That time on the road to Damascus, that life afterwards, man, he loved Jesus. There's no way you could have done and gone through the things that he went through and not love him. And what we see in Scripture is he kept Christ's commandments. Will you bow your heads with me? If you're here this morning and man, you, you see yourself in this situation, you're, you're battling that flesh side of your back and it's contrary. You want to live life according to the spirit, but you constantly have that battle going on in your mind and in your heart. I'm going to ask you this morning, every one of us do those, have those battles at times. Every one of us go through that. But it's time we, we, we put a dividing line and say, and no more. God, this is my decision. I want to live according to the things of the spirit, not on the things of the flesh. If that's where you are at this morning and you want to live that life of peace, you want that peace to come into your heart, we're going to open up these altars. And I want to encourage you. The reason we invite you to the altars, first of all, I think there's times when God's tugging on our heart on things that we're battling, things that we're going through. And we sit there and you're like, I want to go there, but I don't want to be the only one to go there. But God is saying, just step out. When you st Sometimes when we step out in faith and we, we step into his, where he's at and meet him where he's at, that's where that healing power begins to flow. So I want to encourage you this morning. If that's where you're at, then step out this morning. Will you stand with me? As we closed last week, there was nothing more beautiful than to see these altars with people just sitting around and spending time in God's presence. Spending time releasing 
the things that they battled with. It's not the fact that you come down here and you receive that healing or you come down here and that changes your heart. It's the fact that you're willing to step out of your, where you're at in your life and come meet Christ. And I think he's meeting us where we're at. So Father, we thank you this morning, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is life-giving to us. Father, you've called us to live a life in the Spirit. You've called us to live and walk by things of the Spirit. Father, and there's those of us, myself can be included at times, Lord, where I struggle with that battle. But I want to set a dividing line today, Lord, no more. I want to live that life of peace that only comes by relinquishing the things of the, of the flesh. Do it again, Lord. Meet us here today.